your mind Since it's a sense of compliments The color of time Who cares what games we choose Little to win But nothing to lose It's a the truth is found To be Market. Attention, all money savers in the Richmond, Syracuse, Tri-City area, and all you wonderful people out at Ed Siegelman's Ground Zero Equal Opportunity Apartments. Yes, our manager, Darwin Paul, has opened up his pants early this Christmas to let you in for the biggest in unhealable deep cut discounts. Now, agglutinated beans, giant and hypo size, two for 47 cents. Ma Rainey's, moleskin cookies, buy the tin at $1.87. Save on peach pits, this week only, see our boy at the back. Dog food for the doggy? Well, doggone it, we've got all six varieties of martyr brand kidney and beef offal. Talk to Charlie Cranepool, Ed's dad, at our liquor department about choice USDA bourbon and rump roast cocktail party mix. Last and least, there's plenty of seasick fresh produce at our vegetable counter. Don't worry about the flies, we won't weigh them. So wary shoppers, take the lift out of life and drop your load on the giant toad. We give double discounted multiple identity I'd come to Los Angeles itself in June via San Francisco, San Francisco via Cleveland, Cleveland via New York, and New York via Europe. So I left Europe at the very end of 1965, being in that uh, uh, colloquium of, of, of writers and, and, and uh, movie makers and avant-garde sound people in Germany and came to New York, where indeed there was a lot happening, man. I mean, it was the Fugs, and it was the Velvet Underground, and Andy Warhol, and there was a lot going on. I was not invited, by the way, I have to tell you. I was not invited to the Truman Capote block. <laughs> you didn't go to that. <laughs> no, no, and, and I wasn't tripping either. I, I'd taken my acid in um, Berlin, when it was legal, when we used to get it from Sandoz in little legal bottles and nobody knew what it was. I, and, you know, I told you that story about my first small trip going down to see, <laughs> to meet <laughs> Kenneth Anger and see his marvelously, uh, you know, er- homoerotic films in the CIA secret <laughs> 
viewing room on 25 micrograms of Sandoz. And I went, this is it. I don't like this stuff. I'm not even sure I like Kenneth Anger. So, <laughs> so I went from there. Oh, my God. So then I ended up in New York, in New York right? And all that stuff going on. I'd already been with a living theater, not a member, but close to them. And via go via Cleveland to help my dad open his men's store and on off to San Francisco, which was supposed to be, you know, it was hippie haven. Okay. Hey, welcome to San Francisco. I thought I was going out there to sleep with an old girlfriend. Turns out I arrive at her apartment and she's hooked up with Neil Cassidy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have no chance against Neil Cassidy. I guess he's, he's pretty famous, man. So they were all very sweet to me, and they gave me this apartment on Polk Street. And I look out one morning, and there's Timothy Leary and Allen Ginsberg walking into this acid symposium. I don't think it was called that, but that's what it was. You could see just through the door all of these, you know, crazy, squiggly, uh, squishy things uh, being projected up on screens. Remember those days? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I looked, I watched those people go through, and I said, man, this is so juvenile. Those people are so completely not getting it. I know this is what what hit me. So then, uh, and and it was an interesting time. I mean, you know, Janis Joplin on the streets and, and, you know, the Grace Slick and and all those people were the diggers and, and the Grateful Dead. It was a small community. Everybody was there, you know. But uh, I got, I went over to the Oracle. Remember the Oracle, that magazine, the first great so-called West Coast hippie magazine? Oh, Pete, I was the poetry editor of the Los Angeles, Southern California Oracle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Talk about squiggly lines. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Oracle, the the Southern California Oracle, which was you know a, a clone of the of the San Francisco Oracle, uh, it, it was uh, uh, done out of a little place on Fairfax Avenue before they widened it and obliterated all the old uh, landmarks, and uh, and everybody was just out of their minds all the time, uh, mm-hmm. and it took forever for an issue to come out. But that's where. Um, Hopi Set, my poem Hopi Set was originally published in uh, in the Southern California Oracle. Oh yeah, we touched all of the in our separate lives in in uh, in the earlier in the early part of the sixties. We touched all of these same people one way or another. Yeah, I mean, when I, I went over to the Oracle and I said, "Hey, man, I mean, you you've actually worked on a newspaper. How would you like to be our editor?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, said, right. Well, because yeah, all we can do, all we can do is make squiggly lines. <laughs> lines. Well, let me see your front page of this day, this issue. And there was this picture of this American Indian done with all these psychedelic colors. Mm. And I turned to him. I said, "That's not an American Indian." Yeah. And I left. I knew I would be jinxed if I was going to go promote that image, man. Oh. God. Well, it's funny because you then imported that image to from San Francisco to Southern California a year later. Uh, Not even it, a year later, man. No, no, just a couple of months later. This was June. I started Oz in that 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 July. No, but I mean, when you did the Indian Symposium, the Indian Colloquium, uh-huh. that yeah, was the first. Wasn't. That was the first time I saw anybody dressed entirely, a couple dressed entirely in buckskins. 
Well, there you go. Yeah, that was they, the real Native American, right? Th- yeah. That was the real Native American look, right. Well, you know, it, but it wasn't psychedelic. I knew that the Indians weren't psychedelic, and I don't even know if I'd started to read Castaneda yet. That was close. I don't remember when he came out. It was close to the inception of Oz. But uh, I'll tell you, in those days when we started, because Dave came on real quickly, you, you floated back into KPFK. I was there. Phil Austin was engineering the show remember he was in the booth oh yeah 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 well i i as a listener i remember having to turn off into a parking lot on sunset boulevard mm-hmm. and just sit in the car and listen to whatever whatever weirdness was going on surprise uh, right yeah surprise. oh my my earliest picture of you in a professional sense uh, yeah. as a listener was uh your ability to be Whoever it was who had written whatever it was you were reading, it didn't matter whether it was the book of Job or Truman Capote, you were that guy, you know, and it was extremely convincing and very unusual, uh, 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 full of a full of um, a great deal of self-confidence and and interesting, you know, you'd come from Europe. And so there was this avant-garde European avant-garde thing that was sort of the next generation of that. You know, uh-huh, the, right. the the uh, the children of the of the you know, looking back at the days of the surrealists and thinking, how could I be so c- cool like that was cool? You yeah, know? It was post beat also. Remember, but it was European because Euro- the Europeans were not beats. They were they were surrealists right. and they were whatever. Right. But yeah. And, and so you heard I was doing that, man. And uh, I'll tell you, when I started on KPFK. You remember what FM was like? I mean, you look at FM today and it's just, it's an abomination. It's all the same tune being played over and over again. Back then, it was so insanely square, right? I mean, there was art. You, you, you did art, but otherwise it was just like, huh? All dead Germans being played it was all very, very classical and cool. I imagine that they probably even looked askance at your poetry at that time because you weren't doing stuffy stuff, man. You know, you were you were doing rare stuff. So I, I don't know. Anyway, when I got on there, there was nothing on at night, and Oz just exploded remember how big it got so quickly well yeah by the time now i've uh, somewhere there'll be a picture display of all of this stuff because uh, i've sent it off you have copies of it and uh, yes. I sent it off to uh, phil fountain but uh, about nine months later there was a second marathon you showed up just in time to uh, be at the first fundraiser for this radio station in 66 well in in april of 67 the second one uh radio free oz was at its peak it was just before uh you uh you left kpfk and moved on to uh krla read the paper the other day about all the progress we done made said opportunity was really there now after all the dues we done paid said a good education is all you need and you can get that in our school of course you had to act responsible and don't socialize with them crazy militant food i said oh, it sure is good to be 
But I'm just sitting here thinking, huh, who do they think they're kidding with that jive? You know, my pastor told me the other day, say, practice the golden rule. Say, son, you free now, so love everybody and don't mess around and lose your cool. That night I was walking home feeling good, praying like a son of a gun. When a cop yelled, hey, nigga, you look guilty. Come here. What the hell is you done done? I said, whoa. Officer, you must not have heard. I'm free. Listen, I was just thinking. <laughs> who, who do you think they shucking with that jive? Well, they're really working on some new stuff now. We're going to have a cooperation here next. That's where a brother will own a big factory, see? And then we'll all be well-fixed. Now, I know it's hard to figure out how it helps me and you, but hell, try. Because it's got to be so, because the man told me so. And baby, you know he don't lie. I said, whoa. It sure is good to be free. I was just thinking, who do they think they're fooling with that job? Downtown, they got a committee and they tell me the ribbon is blue. <laughs> They're gonna figure out how to stop all this burning and looting. And the army is working on the problem too. Say, come here, boy, grab this rifle here. We're going, but we ain't gonna be gone long. All us free Americans gonna save them good guys from them damn Viet Cong. I said, sure it's good to be free. But wait a minute. With that jive. 